I have to tell the people about the Patreon. Yes, you do. Patreon.com slash SMDB. SMDB, like so many damn books. For just a dollar, you can join up and you get access to all the exclusive content that I record just for the Patreon. Also, you get to join the book club. The So Many Damn Books book club. It's been some of the best conversations I've had about books. It really always sounds like a blast. I usually like come home and just hear like giggles coming from the library. So it's a great time. You should join. And I would love to have more people join the fray. You may or may not know that Christopher runs this whole show himself on the hosting side, on the technical side, everything. This is a one-man show, truly. He does it all. Support your boy Christopher. Even at the dollar level really helps. So uh, join up patreon.com slash smdb i'd love to have you patreon.com slash smdb on with the show see i don't know i don't know what rock and roll oh no i broke it no i didn't why did you bring a kazoo so many so many so many damn books stop that (laughs) okay aren't you glad i'm back yeah i'm glad you're back you were gone i was uh welcome back to the show that's drew hi i'm i'm drew and i'm alive and i'm uh christopher and there was no doubt to my (laughs) life um and welcome to our 25th episode our our anniversary episode too yeah, quarter of a century. Not yeah. Really. It's our birthday show, too. Yeah, it is our birthday show. We've been doing this for one year. We've been reading books for... Only for the last year. <laughs> yeah. Just I learned how to, how to read. read. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I like it. I like reading, is what I've decided. What uh, about you? I mean, verdict's still out for me. I feel like we got to keep trying, you know. Yeah, we'll keep going. That's what we're going to keep doing. Yeah. We're going to keep... Um, using this wonderful new thing that we learned how to do, <laughs> and uh, and we'll see where it takes us. Yo, what did you read? And where did you read it? Did you like the book? Would you ever reread it? Did the word sink in? Do you have a question? Did you understand? What's your comprehension? Reading comprehension. Reading comprehension. Okay, well, I have a, a reading comprehension question oh, yeah. for you. All right. Uh, my question to you, in honor of our show here, is what was your favorite book that you read for the show? Hmm. Right. Yeah, we've read we've read a lot of books on this show. Uh, officially for the show, we've read twenty four books. Oh yeah, that's a lot of books. That's a lot of that's books. That's a lot of books. That's more books than the average American reader uh, reads. Yes, the average American reader, uh, if you're a woman, you are going to buy and read around 12 books a year. If you're a man, you're going to read a bu- and buy about one book Shh. a year. Yikes. Yeah, so step up, guys. Yeah. We're doing our part. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I guess I'm going to choose uh, Citizen. An American Lyric, ah. which we read when we were talking with Well, Saeed Jones. Jones made us read that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad he did, too. No, I'm it was, so glad he did. And it's that that's one of those books that still uh, hangs around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things happen in the news or even just in daily conversation. And that book rings in my head. Watching um, Serena Williams 
Oh gosh, that was interesting. That whole essay, where I was just like, uh huh. And um, and clicking over to check on what Roxanne Gay was saying, like <laughs> yeah. and quoting pieces from from um, Citizen was so cool. Yeah. And I guess it's going to be a stage show now. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what that's going to be like. Me too. I'll be there. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, thank you very much, Saeed Jones, for recommending uh, Citizen. Yeah. An American How about you? Lyric by Claudia Rankine. Um, me, it's one of our least listened to episodes. Oh, <laughs> but um, can I, I guess? Sure. The Modiano? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Disney. Although I'm, I'm interested in reading his new book though. Um, no, I am. I'm really glad we read for the show and discussed uh, games in books oh. for Wolf in White Van by John Darnielle. He is that that book is one of those that has really really stuck with me, and um, I still very much want to play his the game that he made up for that. Yeah, and I'm also just sad that that book didn't get more attention and it didn't become a breakout gigantic bestseller. And I was surprised that it like didn't. a modern Elephant Man movie. Yeah, I was surprised that it didn't pick up one of the major awards like the national book award it, it seemed wasn't like it even was on the short list yeah. yeah i mean it's crazy yeah. but reading that book is one of these if you can read it in one sitting do absolutely and it it has it had the same emotional effect on me that um reading a little life had uh by uh hanya yanagahara and now here's a time in the show where, where we check you? in with drew have you read it yet No, but I've got it. <laughs> I have it now. But I can't so, read it right now because it's October. Right. No, of course. It's not scary. Yeah. It is scary. I mean, though. it is scary. The, I was surprised, speaking of that book, to all of a sudden, like, a late-breaking Janet Maslin review in the New York Times. Yeah, after after Carol Ansha already panned it Yeah. back in, like, April. Yeah. She was just like, <laughs> I just wanted to speak also, up. I also don't like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Both that one really was like I get <laughs> that review by Janet Maslin um, was just like I guess the the, the, the <laughs> there's kids. this book yeah I don't know <laughs> it, it felt like a kids in their rap music moment yeah <laughs> these those darn <laughs> <laughs> those hipsters in their sad books and their gigantic tomes <laughs> no I don't know if you didn't like a little life. I think that is a total valid, understandable thing because it is not a book that you, if if you're not connecting with that book, it is a very long, yeah. and you will just start to hate it even more. And and also the turns of the plot are, if you're not on board, they start to feel off. I'm the one thing I will say that's nice about those two, two uh, pans or at least shrugs from the paper of record is that I think it does make it easier for people to uh, be comfortable with not liking the book when mm-hmm. like so many people love it. Yeah. But a question that was posed to me um, after someone else read it was, does that, do you think this hurts its booker chances? And I think it comes down to a little life versus um, brief history. I think so too. Two big books, big books, very ambitious. Mm hmm. And uh, 
And I think if you're going to choose which one is more ambitious, uh, it's probably Marlon James. Yeah. Um, just because he's in, inhabiting and trying to like a bunch of different voices and a bunch of different viewpoints and more states of mind. Yeah. Uh, then, but Yanagahara is also really elucidating an emotional state of being. But it's such like an open, honest. Yes. Court like and pointing out yeah and pointing out that that its shortcomings as well as its strengths it's it's a it's an amazing book for that. Um, Um, I wonder. I have two thoughts about this. One of them leads us into our next segment, so I'll say the other one first. Uh, I wonder if. I wonder if a little life, uh, is sort of been hobbled in its Booker chances because there is the concern that it will probably be a Pulitzer contender. Um, it could, yeah. And uh, you know, there's something a little weird about the idea of the Booker and the Pulitzer going to the same book. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it could be one of these things where it sets up like the the grand slam. Yeah. Like uh, the first ever, it'd be like uh, yeah. Yeah, winning both of those is just like her standing on top of a, a mountain yeah. of remaindered copy. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the flip side. If Brief History wins the Booker, that'll be two years in a row that the Tournament of Books has not seen uh, uh, the Booker winner. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because usually there's sort of a, not an auto bid, but close enough for the Booker and the National Book Award. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we definitely started this podcast partially because of the Tournament of Books. We owe we owe our friendship to the tournament of books. Um, but but I don't you know it's 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 funny we care a lot about it in a way that the literary community might not as much. <laughs> um, because I I think I don't know. I think that the idea of an award being some sort of extra gratification like i enjoyed this book and it won an award i don't know i don't know what it is like you know what does an award mean for the public not for the author but for us Uh, so we've already checked out the book you know we've already read it i guess who are you defining as the public there is it us or is it the you know the women who pick up 12 books a year the dudes who pick up one uh you know we we're the we're the public well yeah where they're reading public, but that thing where like if you if you are picking up twelve books a year, uh-huh. you know you're picking up, and this is no disrespect, you're picking up whatever Oprah has chosen as her next book club pick. Maybe you're, you're talking about up, the average reader yeah. that's picking up twelve books. Yeah, you know, and like whatever wins the Pulitzer is at least going to be on your radar because you're like, oh, this is the best American book of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess maybe not so much. I yeah, guess. I don't. I, I I honestly don't know anyone who actually reads like that. Um, I think it's one of these things where, you know, it's like the the tipping point of. I was thinking about buying the book. I don't know, and mm. oh, it did win the Pulitzer. So all right, I'll 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 shell out for a hardcover. Oh yeah, that's you know. a thing. Yeah, I think it's it's sort of just like as far as selling books go, but. I guess there's a fun sort of sportsy thing of 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 predicting what can win, which is what we get into. Yeah, I, I think it taps into the same thing that, you know, happens every given Sunday or Saturday 
during the fall, depending on if you're a college or a professional football fan. Or it, both. Yeah. That thing of just like, all right, I'm going to look at this and like, based on my limited knowledge in whatever way, I think this. Let's right. see if I'm right. Couldn't, Am I a couldn't, wizard? Couldn't think of one football <laughs> team name there to put in. Oh, I was just trying to be broad. Oh. <laughs> I was like, you're just like one of those sports ball <laughs> groups. <laughs> Yeah, now let's honestly, you came here for the tournament. That's why you probably even started listening to our show. And let's give it to him. You know, what is what is on your list? Who is your, you know, Super Bowl hopeful for the tournament this year? There are a bunch of books that I feel like uh, in that, you know, in that sort of uh, Betty the way. Auto bid way. Yeah, that like there are books that are I think are going to be in. So, pick yeah. a three. Or yeah. three. Okay. Just three that I would like three. I'm choosing them in the way of I would like to discuss them with people. Mm -hmm. I think their themes are interesting and would be fun to talk about with other people. And um, and just I'm also sort of just thinking of stuff that was formally interesting. Yeah. Uh, Okay. First, like a very dark horse is Mark Z. Danielewski's The Familiar. Volume one. Why do you think that's such a dark horse? I, you know, there was a lot of there's a lot of hullabaloo about it. People really enjoy it. I think in the same way that, in the same way that, uh, at the end of the day, the Ferrante got bounced last year, where people were like, uh, "But it's the third book in a series, and like it uh-huh. only gets you so far." This is almost all set up. Mm-hmm. There, okay, and it there's so much of it. And he does some really cool things, and the typography and the actual construction of the book, all of that stuff would be very cool to talk about, and some of the ideas. But like, there's no payoff. Mm-hmm. There's not even the sign of payoff. Um, right. Well, if you have 27 volumes planned. Yeah. That said, I think it in a lot of ways, I think it might be the most formally inventive thing to have come out this year. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Handler reviewed uh, House of Leaves. Yeah. Um, and he was saying, you know, it's a good ghost story almost in spite of the typography. Like it's, he kind of was like, can you turn off the, the fireworks and your strobe lights Yeah. and just let me walk through the haunted house, which you've set up very well. Um, and so I can see, I can see people just, just saying like that is just too gimmicky it's just too much i mean i think people have thing. already even said that not even knowing what the books were going to look like when it was like he's putting out a 27 volume serial novel like okay yeah and and i think the people that would normally check out his stuff are even kind of scared off by yeah what seems to be possibly like a 1.4 million page project yeah a like 15 year commitment yeah um all right, let's go back and forth. What's what's one of yours? Well, um, I talked about it. I think uh, for a second, uh, this book, "The Life and Death of Sophie Stark" by yeah. Anna North. Um, it's one of these voices novels that I really, really like, where it's a chorus of voices talking about someone, and that someone almost never speaks. And I think that's really interesting, um, and it never uh, has their viewpoint. She obviously speaks. Um, but I was very interested in the the conversation and the theme of the novel of what is genius, what um, what is artistic intent, and does it matter? And and can you can you be a a jerk and a bad person just because, like, 
does does your genius excuse that? And some a big questions. question in pop culture right now. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I thought it was it was such an interesting book and such a such a strange uh, novel. Um, and also slim, like it's one of these very yeah. quick reads um, and a beautiful cover. I just think it'd be very, um, I think it'd be very provocative to talk about with other people. Um, What's your number two? Beetlebone by Kevin Barry. Oh yeah, you've been crowing about uh, I, Barry on your Twitter. Oh man, I adore this guy. He had two collections of short stories that came out um, a couple of years back and a novel called City of Bohan that won the Impact Dublin First Novel Award, um, got decent notices in the UK, didn't make a huge dent here. The The two story collections in the book were out from Grey Wolf. Mm-hmm. He made the jump to Doubleday mm-hmm. and decided, okay, for my next trick, I'm going to write a novel featuring John Lennon in 1978, wandering around Ireland looking for the island that he bought several years earlier. <laughs> and it he it sound that sounds fun is it funny? oh it's it's hilarious it's it ends up being deeply moving and um his writing he's the only writer who i can think of to describe this way his writing feels alive in the way that nature is alive and sort of it, it just doesn't seem human in a way it just it seems organic and to just kind of like go and there's mischief about it. it. It feels a little bit magical, a little bit incomprehensible. Oh man, I just it. I hope it does great things, both in the tournament and just in general, because he's an author who more people need to read. Right. Can you imagine if Bohan went against Danielowski? Oh my god. Uh, what's your number two? Number two now. Uh, so Kelly Link's get in trouble. I've talked about it uh, on the show in the past. And I'm talking about it again now because <laughs> it's a, it's a story collection, but it also feels like a picture of her world. And it's a fully realized, very strange, bizarre world that I just haven't stopped thinking about since I read it. It will po- pop up and I'll so in the way of like, you almost are, when you're describing it to someone, you kind of sound like you're saying something that happened to you, except for it sounds insane. <laughs> Short story collections don't always make it in. Yeah, uh, Alice Munro did, and it did not do well. Yeah, I feel like they struggle historically just because it's harder to... You can look at individual stories and love them, mm-hmm. but unless there's that linkage, like um, a visit from the Goon Squad or something like that, where right. it's a novel in stories. And I, and I think that this isn't... I think it could it could go all the way because it's almost almost a linked short story collection about but because it's just like linked in the world of Kelly Link's mind. Yeah. Link Link. She is one of the few <laughs> She's one of the few people who really you read one story of hers and you just know like she has this world, all of this crazy stuff is there. Right. And you want to go back. Right. You almost almost you know, when you turn the page onto the next story, it's not like, oh, it's she's like recast the entire thing. It's more like she just spanned the globe and she was on mm-hmm. one side of her world and now she's like putting her finger on the other side. Yeah. It's one of the few short story collections I find where you can really just flip to the next story. Mm-hmm. And no, it and it's de- almost designed, it's designed to be read like a novel. It reads almost novelistically 
And uh, yeah, I think it would do really well in the tournament. Number three? Um, you too can have a body like mine by uh, Alexandra Kleeman. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing book. I've never read anything like it. Just never. like period. Nope. And she seems to just have no interest in some things that people really find like making her characters don't have this like internal machination mm-hmm. sort of thing. They're, they're sort of, uh, I don't know. They're types. Yeah. Rather than, but then like their decisions make them into full characters, but they still seem hollow because she's got points for all of them or, or, uh, right. And I mean, I mean the hollow, some of the hollowness feels like the point in a way. Right. Well, it's it's a dystopian novel without yeah. without yeah. being so loud about being dystopic. It's, dystopic. it's the the dystopia of the Dys- present almost. Right. Right. I mean just the idea of a Wally's. Oh my god. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> um in, in the book there are these uh there are these supermarkets where They're if like you, sort of Walmarty but a little more supermarkety. Yeah. And you go in and they've Every day, they change the place where the stock is. So you can't go in and be like, oh, I'll go to the fruit section because it'll be somewhere completely different. And then the idea is it randomizes to to enhance your shopping experience so you can <laughs> find something that you didn't even know you were looking for. And uh, all of the workers are wearing giant like foam heads, <laughs> almost in like a creepy Disney World way of the... like. This young boy who is Wally, mm-hmm. who in my mind I like think of Bob, um, uh, the burger guy. Was you know Bob's Burgers? No, uh, that's not right, is it? What are you talking about? The um, the uh, the, the oh the Burger Boy. Yeah. What's his name? Is it Bob Bob Big Boy? Yes, Bob's Big Boy. Yeah, there. Okay, so I was almost there. <laughs> One, uh, like that sort of strange like artificially 1950s happy face i was kind of picturing um do you know the uh the video game fallout mm-hmm. i was picturing the um the guy the fallout <laughs> with the yellow yeah. hair um she actually we're gonna you know we're gonna let the cat out of the bag she is our next guest yeah we'll be talking with her uh, for episode, episode 26 so um that's your homework <laughs> yeah um uh, gosh, what's it's your, so good what's your what's your third I don't. Even, I mean, it's not even worth it. Like that should win. <laughs> no, um, my third book is actually. I think it would be really fun to see these two books up against each other. Um, the first Bad Man by Miranda July. I've. This is another one that I have already um, recommended on the show. Yeah. Um, and it, it's uh, like we keep saying, it just has stuck with me. Um, I said this during my recommendation, but now and then I do want to just wrestle somebody <laughs> especially when i see someone reading the book i will just want to pin them to the ground <laughs> they, Did you get to like, that part yet? <laughs> you get it <laughs> we're joking <laughs> uh security <laughs> what page are you on <laughs> <laughs> and then you, just start <laughs> then you, yeah, you gotta ask the question first um so don't read it around me obviously um <laughs> but the, it's just an amazing book and miranda july is up to some of the sort of same things of like looking at you know, does it, are we hollow inside and what is that hollowness and what's causing it? Mm. And, and what, 
what can you do when you're feeling like you don't have control of your inner life? How can you, how can you refill it? Yeah. When, when I'm reading these books that show someone else struggling with those explorations, um, it definitely gives me the feeling of like that great feeling that literature has given me since I could learn how to read almost one year ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Should we do, should we have done this earlier? Does it matter? So it's a it's a fun thing too. We yeah, have uh, we have a we have an advanced reader copy of City on Fire, the uh, the big book of of the fall in a right. lot of ways. Yeah, no, this both is literally and metaphorically by Garth Risk Hallberg. Um, I'm in the middle of reading it, and I'm loving it. Um, it's an incredible book. It seems like it might it's a debut novel. The guy got two million dollars for it. Two million dollar advance. It's a it's a doorstop, man. It's yeah, it's nearly pages, a, nearly a thousand pages. Um, and so lightly we, illuminated. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna send this to one of you people. Um, all you have to do—it's very easy—is uh, we're gonna we're gonna tweet about the contest. No, we're not gonna do that. No, yeah. There's a tweet right now. Twitter.com/slash so many damn books. Yeah, and uh, just go and retweet that, and uh, make sure you're following us. And if you happen to be one of these people who listens to our show but doesn't have a Twitter, all you have to do is email us at so many damn books at gmail.com and, uh, and, you know, tell us Say why you I, like the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we will choose... Uh, choose one person yeah. who will now have their own damn book to read. Yeah, and we'll, we'll do all the business then. Okay, yeah. buy anything recently oh (laughs) it's a 25th episode what did i buy um i bought so i'm a patricia highsmith fan yeah and uh she's got a I can't remember the title of the movie um, that is based on her book. Uh, uh, it's somebody's name. Carol. Yep. Uh, it's coming out, and it's based on a novel of hers called The Price of Salt um, that actually came out under her pen name, Claire Morgan, because at the time, a lesbian erotica novel, basically, yeah. uh, was not something that you wanted to sign your name to necessarily. I don't know why. <laughs> Um, but I'm very excited because it's also supposedly written like a thriller. Cool. Um, yeah, I had no idea that that was Highsmith until I think like today. Mm-hmm. Um, p- per uh, Will Chancellor, I actually he gave this to me. It's not really a bot, but still, he gave me has the horses uh, bridles oh. by Scott Cheshire. Cool. Which is like that Western time travel book. Mm-hmm. And I've heard uh, really fun things. I like time travel. I like westerns. I'm ready. And then I also um, I went to the Brooklyn Book Festival, and there were so many things that I almost bought, mm-hmm. um, but I ended up walking away with only one book, which I was proud of myself, and it's this book called The Wake by uh, yeah. Paul Kingsworth, I believe. Yeah, that um, that's one that I hope is in the tournament too, actually. It's written in, in the language of 
like the 11th century and yeah he attempts to do sort of and uh, from what i've heard it's the first like 15 pages are real rough going and then all of a sudden you just click that sounds cool like the first time you see shakespeare where you're like what are they set and then you're like, oh right yeah right what never quite gelled for me in uh in brief history of seven killings mm. with the um patois yeah i was always struggling with that until the last page Oh, also my, with the way my brain's broken, you know. You should. Um, there's a clip of Mark Rylance reading the first couple of pages. Oh, cool. Speaking of Shakespeare and guys who know how to like make you understand text that is not written in conventional English. I'm gonna add one more book I bought. Go ahead. One more. Uh, Bats of the Republic. Oh yeah. Um, it comes out. It just came out. Um, and. Uh, last name Dodson. Zachary. Zachary Dodson. And it's uh, it's an illuminated novel, whatever that means. And uh, I'm very, <laughs> very excited. It's it's one of these things that you and I both love where it's like got letters and yeah. things you open and I think I think that's what it uh, I think that's what illuminated means. Yeah. Well doesn't necessarily. I don't know. I think it's like illustration I think in the in the olden times. It was just an illustrated, probably with gold leaf. Yeah. So uh, okay, so that's my stack. It's my um, stacks of wax. It's not wax. It's, it's paper. Like, yeah, it's paper. The new Harper Perennial Olive Editions are out. Oh, yeah. So you bought like a million books. Yeah. Seven. I didn't have to buy all eight this year because I already had one of them. All right. Uh, Hit it. <laughs> Bridge Over San Luis Rey, by, or Bridge of San Luis Rey by Thornton Wilder. Mm-hmm. Crazy Heart by Thomas Cobb. Alas, Babylon by Pat Frank. It's the novelization of that movie? Other, other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you got me. Um, uh, the, dis- the Dispossessed by Ursula K. Le Guin, which oh, is great. Cool. I've never read a Le Guin before, so I'm very excited about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Beautiful Ruins by Jess Walter. Oh, another Jess Walter. Yeah. Um, uh, and another Richard Wright, uh, Black Boy, his memoir. Oh, yeah. Uh, am I Missing One? I don't. That sounded like seven. Felt like seven. R- did, did you skip? Oh, Lit by Mary Carr. And did you skip any? Did you like, you're like not interested? Uh, I already have Tales of the City by um, uh, Armistead Mopin. 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 He'd be Mopin. He'd be. <laughs> I'm going to uh, cut that. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the uh, California classics in California Bookstore Day two years ago. Uh, so you already have a special cool copy. Yeah. Have you read it? Yeah. I liked it. All good things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ending with what you buy feels weird. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. It's, well, I don't know. We can... I don't know. We can put it somewhere else. Yeah. No, the magic of editing. Yeah. It doesn't have to come at the end. I'm g- we could put it at the beginning. I don't uh, know. I guess... God, is that, is that it? Well, we'll put... Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Can uh, I, is the cake done? Birthday cake. I don't get it's it. It's our birthday episode. Not following you. You don't smell burning? <laughs> Tell them that it's my birthday. Tell them that it's my birthday.